everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein here in, well, not quite the loft. We're in the loft's zone, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, the loft's basement. (laughs) The loft's basement. I like that. Just my apartment. That's It's just the apartment. We are in the lower uh, level unit of Cameron's apartment. As as you might be able to tell, maybe you are listening to this on a rainy Friday, or maybe you're listening to this still if we get this out on a Thursday afternoon as the weather starts to come down a little bit. It's been hot today, but in a good way. Yeah. A much much needed warm day in spring because this spring has been... This spring's been cold, very, very cold. Yes, yes. But uh, Cameron, May is a great month. It, it is. It is probably the, my favorite month outside of July. Yeah, because you know, I was born then. Month. Oh, okay, exactly. Yeah. So that's why July is my favorite <laughs> month. Yeah, it's my birthday month. But yeah, no. uh, Cameron Klein in studio with yes. Justin Goodhart in studio. We are back together. Cameron has completely recovered from the COVID. He looks great. Thank looks you. phenomenal. Yes. The, the the hair is flowing. It <laughs> it's, is. It's, it's 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 hot. Right now, I was going to say, like during the great. summer, I, obviously you don't go back to short hair, Cameron. That that Cameron is dead and buried somewhere. Oh, yeah. But yep. how do you actually like? Where would you get a cut in terms of like? Uh, pretty. I would say actually right where you just had your hand, like, right, like right around right here, at the top, right around like the mid neck point. Yeah. So just yeah, before yeah. we get to the ear, or no, a little yeah. a little bit below the ear, a little bit below the ear. Okay, I would All say right. about I would say about inch or two inches below the. When ear. When was the last yeah. time you got a haircut? Oh, dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get them like once uh, every like sixteen months now. It seems like. 16 months pretty much dude yeah it's oh, just god goes. somehow but, no i'm actually I'm, i've been dying to get one recently too because uh yeah like i just i do love the long hair i just don't like it this long and I, i'm just kind of getting tired of it because it's just like in the summer it's hot dude like it feels hot on my neck how heavy is the hair like you know when you're coming out of the shower right? and that's when it's at its worst yeah seriously uh-huh. that's the only time i ever really didn't rock like a top bun or something like that because <laughs> dude it feels anybody with long hair you laugh anybody with long hair will tell you like to get it off your neck Feels, feels good. Great. Great yeah, feeling. It does. But before we move on, dude, I have to say it. I told you already off air, um, but I need to say some things publicly. Um, this month has not been a great month for me. Um, earlier on in this month, obviously, as we know, I, I had COVID. That was not fun, um, and it hit me hard. Um, so I was not only had COVID, I was also isolated for a while. Luckily, I had my amazing fiance with me, um, but she also had COVID, so we were both just miserable together. Um, that same week, uh, we put my dog of 13 years down. That was very, very difficult as well. Um, but I have to say publicly that you, Justin Goodhart, have been more than outstanding. Um, nothing but support. You just took over the show. You just completely handled everything. Told me not to worry about shit. And uh, there's not many friends out in the world that would do that and, and, and just completely take things and expect nothing in return. But you did. And also, a uh, big shout out to... Obviously, friend of the show, Anthony Bruno, because um, he as well Bruno always reached out. Um, two other friends as well who, as soon as my COVID, uh, what is it? I- isolation, right? What is it? My COVID, uh, I'm quarantine. Quarantine, that's it. Oh, my God. It's been <laughs> How seven, did you forget that word? It was like up. the word of the year a couple know, years right, ago. A billion goddamn times. But um, as soon as it was over, um, he as well as Gus Barber, his brother Scott Barber, um, and I, mother great friend Tyler Arkamone, they all said, hey, let's go golfing. We'll have a nice movie night. We all got together, got my mind oh, off nice. everything. It was outstanding. Um, and then, of course, my amazing fiance, who is always, always in my corner, always picks up the pieces uh, when things start to be going down. So thank you to everybody. We are back on track. I feel fucking great. I don't feel like I'm dying and like I'm a fog of myself because of COVID. And playoff hockey. Claude Giroux, first goal, game one. Everybody shut the fuck up. Because he's a beast. And the Panthers oh, lost. They did, <laughs> and yeah. And they lost. Isn't, 
Uh, but no, here's what I want to say real quick. Uh, it's it's interesting that you kind of bring this up. Obviously, you know, with everything you've been going through. I wanted to also quickly mention before we dive into all the Stanley Cup playoff stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to this, do. This month, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I think that it's actually know that. really brave of you to be able to talk about this publicly on the show, just the things that you've been going through. Um, obviously, you know, I'd known about what was going on with your dog for, for a while, being yeah. at your house when you were still living over there. Yeah, I mean, she was diagnosed with cancer in mm-hmm. March. They said six to nine months. That bitch took 13 because she did it her way. So, and you know. the most spectacular thing about, you know, this month is this is an opportunity for everyone across the United States to help end this stigma that men cannot uh, show any weakness or they cannot show any emotion. And this, and, yeah. and I should clarify, showing emotions or having those struggles with mental health does not in any way, shape, or form show weakness. As a matter of fact, to be able to be brave enough to be forward with it and be honest with yourself and others about what you're going through only speaks to the strength that you and many others that are able to do so have out there. So I appreciate that. I mean, I just... I don't know what I'd do without you. <laughs> I love you too, man. But right. yes, it's been yes. fun to you know uh, chat with everyone on the uh, on the Twitter and uh, give people like Sam Wismer some good <laughs> salmon recipes. Dude, that actually was a really good recipe advice. That you it, it's a good one. Dill yeah. weed and, and butter. It doesn't have to be something crazy. And I do appreciate that she was like, was this Cameron or Justin? And I was just like, oh, I've messed up Kraft mac and cheese before, baby. <laughs> uh, it's, it was not me. Let me tell you something. Cameron's favorite <laughs> thing that I've ever made was without a doubt. We go back to our capstone. Oh, class. Yeah, it's my yeah, favorite yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's, this, it's this recipe that my mom made. She calls it Mexican pie, where it's really just a takeoff of shepherd's pie. Just with like refried beans. And refried beans on the bottom. Yep. You get a layer of refried beans, and then you put. It just adds texture. It adds texture. Oh, and it's so good with chips and everything. Which yes. you brought the Cool Range Doritos that night at the Capstone. Yeah. But then you put a layer of ground beef on top mm-hmm. of that. Maybe some sliced tomatoes, some uh, shredded cheese, uh, sh- uh, cheddar cheese, and then a nice layer of mashed potatoes on top. Yeah. More shredded cheese. It is perfect. It's great. It's a great dip, or yeah. it can be a great standalone. You can just eat it yeah, by could. itself. You could. Dude, that was a big hit in that class. Big hit. It a was. A lot of people can't gather Because around. people were bringing food, and then I showed up, and they're like, oh, it's just a flat-out fiesta that we're having. Yeah, yeah, because they all brought, like, chips and bullshit, like me, and then you were just like, and I'm we're like, making yeah, it apart. I was working at the oven that night. Yeah. I was making sure that we were going to have a good one. And speaking of working in the oven, yes. let's talk about what's going on in these crazy Stanley Cup playoffs where That's teams are putting in work yeah. in the kitchen. Dude, are we can talk about violence? Shit is popping off. Like, we always say every year, like, the NHL playoffs are – Next level in terms of playoffs or any sport. The intensity, the yes. rivalries, yes. the fans on Twitter who the can't sp- shut the fuck up. Yeah, the speed. But, like, for some reason, it's just brawl after brawl after. Wayne Simmons throwing down. Michael Roffel throwing down. Putting the hammer down on Matthew Kachuk. I, and I, I, I didn't know Roffel had that in him to beat up a guy like no, Matthew Chuck. To be honest, it did kinda, he did kind of catch him off balance. Like, Well, you know what? Sometimes you now, have to do that if you're I, a guy like Michael Roffel. Hey, man, yeah. Take what you can get. So let's start things with probably the most intense series so far. Yes. Let's start right here in the heart of Raleigh, North Carolina, yep. as the Carolina Hurricanes now are out now up two nothing on the Boston Bruins. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And the big controversy, the big controversy, besides the fact that Brad Marchand called, uh, what did he said that? Um, uh, um, oh my gosh, the guy who used to be on the Florida Panthers. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Who got Vinny Trocheck? Yes, called Vinny Trocheck a Prius. And he is a Lamborghini. Well, this Lamborghini <laughs> decides to try and crash into a rookie goaltender. Okay, all right. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. And, because the, and the rookie goaltender. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I got a different view on things. Go on. The rookie goaltender yes. gets up and kind of you know, throws his stick at you know, Brad Marchand, not backing down against the, the wily but very talented veteran. Mm-hmm. Brad mm-hmm. Marchand gets a little closer. So then 
the guy that they call Coochie down in Carolina yep, yep. shoves him, and then Brad Marchand takes and whacks his stick. Yep. Now, this was all done because uh, the goalie, and I'm just not good at saying his name, so I'm just going to keep calling him Coochie. And also, because that's his nickname, that's the best freaking yeah, nickname ever. It's Kochkov, right? Kochkov? It's like Kochkov. That's how I like read that. it. I'm going to call him Coochie. Yeah, it's cool. Coochie. Uh, is kind of coming out of his net a little bit, and he tries to play the puck. I would say he's about three or four, you know, feet out of his net. Yeah, nothing crazy. And nothing then Brad Marchand comes from behind, lays a bit of a cross check, and it wasn't insane. But yeah, he he let him know. No, it was certainly not like an, ab- an abysmal cross check. Now this was yeah. also after the events that Antti Ranta was knocked out of the game because David Pasternak kind of gave him a little bit of a you know a little you know kiss on the cheek with his glove. Yes. So yes. then this starts this whole. Escapade of events that leads to this little showdown between Coochie and uh, Brad Marchand. Now, you say you have a bit of a different take. I'm yes. just going to give you my take initially. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yep. I don't give a shit about this play. It's huh. it's it's playoff hockey. Brad Marchand's not a dirty player. He probably shouldn't have whacked his stick at him. That's probably going to get you in the penalty box. Okay. But this is what playoff hockey brings you. As a matter of fact, I'm impressed with the rookie to just stand up yes. and be like, hey, you know what? I don't care that you're Brad Marchand. I don't care that you've won a Stanley Cup. You're the same guy that doesn't even know how to take the puck off the ice for a shootout attempt. (laughs) So I really don't care about you. This is what the playoffs are about. Because when you fear your opponent, you lose to your opponent. This goalie and this Carolina Hurricanes team has been, you know, just a huge... They symbolize the idea of we're jerks and we don't care. And that was an awesome play. And fans can get all upset about, you know, Svechnikov destroying Lindholm later. People say that he was charging. No, he wasn't. There was no stride from his legs as he went into Lindholm. That didn't happen. It's a clean hit. Deal with it. Sometimes, guys, I know this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot of Boston fans out there because I know how much you guys love to play the inferiority complex despite the fact that your team has been great for like 15 straight years. Yeah, all their teams. No one's out to get you, and sometimes your guy just gets lit up. Sometimes it happens. It's okay. It's, I promise you it'll be okay. The sun will still rise in the morning. Your butts might still hurt, but the world will keep on turning. And right now, it's turning big time for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, so I, I actually didn't expect you to have that take that you had. Um, I thought you were about to be angrier at Boston than you were. No, um, no. I, I mean, I hate. I mean, based on my notes, I can see why you thought that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just hate Boston <laughs> fans. Let's just get it straight. Yeah, no, that, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Because um, Boston fans, I've said it before, are pretty much Philadelphia fans if they had won things. <laughs> right, like that's, I think that's the most accurate. They're both both northeast blue collar cities, both very angry, very passionate fan bases. But they have a lot of championships, and Philadelphia doesn't have a lot. And you know, still, I'd still rather be here. So suck it, uh, New England. But, but, um, I like yeah, the the, the posture not a hit on Ranta, ridiculous. Right, I mean, it was stupid. On. It was yeah, just a dumb play. Like, what are you doing, dude? Exactly, exactly. Um, but the hit on Limbaum happened, uh, I believe, before. It happened before the Marchand incident. Oh, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It so, did happen before. And it happened literally 30 to 40 seconds in the in the game before. Mm-hmm. So the Marchand thing, I think it was mostly frustration boiling over. Um, Which he does a lot. He does. And he has to have better control of his emotions. He does. I mean, come on. You've been playing in the league for how God knows how long. 13 years now, right. it feels like. But Marchand, that's, that's what he does. That's what he is. And here's the thing. I don't hate it. When I'm playing against Marchand, when the Flyers are playing against them, you sure, him. what I want, I want him to get blasted in the face. But what I love a guy like Marchand, you are goddamn right. If Marchand was on the Flyers, he'd be my favorite player. He would because he would just talk shit. He'd be annoying. He's exactly what I love. He is a Richard Sherman type of player. He's very good, and he lets you know, and it's awesome to me. And 
I do got to say, uh, who, who was it? Was it was it a uh, it was Svechnikov, right? Who hit Lindblom? Yes. Or Lindholm? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think it was a dirty hit. It wasn't a charging. But his legs aren't moving. Yeah, By no. definition, that's not charging. Whoever said charging, I don't. Because I mean, they they just, again they wanted they yeah. just like this, this is dirty. Come just on. start charging at the Hurricanes players. Right. Mouth but breathers. I do got to say, he blasted him in the head. He. Well, I mean, he's taller than him, and, and Lindholm kind of has his head down. Let's just keep that same energy, but happened to the Flyers. Oh, it, oh, I would. He blasted him in the head. And his you know, principal point of contact was the head. The dude was unconscious before he hit the ice. I don't know if I fully agree with that the principal point of contact was the head. That's I, the first thing that got hit. Are you sure that it wasn't like closer towards like the top dude. of the chest plate? I mean, we can watch it again. I actually have We'll watch here. it after the show. Yeah. I want to watch it after the show. All right, all right. But... What we'll I will say is this, the but there's another reason why we're talking about Maybe Brad Marchand. Maybe I'm thinking, because I'm actually looking at right now, maybe just because his head snaps. I could be incorrect. I could be incorrect. There was a reason why we're talking so much about Brad Marchand. Yes. Someone said on Twitter, or maybe it was the, the, the guys from Boston, that if they lose this series— Oh, you might be right. Yeah, he, 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 it might not have been the principal point. I'm I'm unparalleled. However, it would still <laughs> piss me off. I can't blame Boston. Oh, no. If I saw off. Sean Couturier take that hit, I'd demand yeah. someone get in there yeah, and yeah. start beating the crap out so of I'll say that. I'll say but that. what I will say is... Yeah, so someone said some dumb shit on Twitter, as usual. Go. That yeah. if they lose the series, Brad Marchand should be traded and the rebuild should begin in Boston, which, by the way, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard because Boston was still it? has a good title contending window, in my opinion. I was going to say, wait, this is a, was it Boston? This was a, this was a, I think this was like a Boston like radio station or, or some sort of blog or something like that. I got to find it again, but... I'll, I'll tell you what, I, huh. I know where to go because I retweeted it. There you go. What I can tell you is the idea that they would be, you know, let's just say a trade for Brad Marchand was in the works. A lot of Flyers fans have a lot of different feelings towards the uh, idea of bringing someone like Brad Marchand to Philadelphia. And I'm oh, here I will to, stand I'm on here the hill of bring him here. I'm all I'm, for it. Not only should you do it, but I would be willing to give up a premium prospect to bring Brad Marchand to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually have his, his stats pulled up on my phone right now because I was just curious. And for the record, it was Bruins cool. Sports Radio Hosts. There this you go. is from some uh, Twitter account called uh, Storm Caller 97, Storm Seller 97. I don't know if I'm wrong about that. You know, blame him, not me. Right. But what I am saying is Boston is not typically an overreactionary organization. They're very, they're no, only, no, you yeah. Know, they don't blow things up. They're very calculated. That's why they've been as good for as long yeah. as they have. It's the same with the Penguins. I often I often actually compare them to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think that's a bad comparison at they're, all. They're, I think the Penguins also emulate the Steelers I would say as well. so, too. They're just very well run, very well managed. They, they seem to have their pulse on what their team is and what it needs almost at all times. But do, you, do we think that there's any possible way that they would trade Brad Marchand only if Boston truly believed their title window has slammed shut? No, I, I actually— Go ahead. I, I I think they would trade him because they think their window is open, right? Like, I, let me let me lay this out here. He's thirty three years old. He is going on to thirty four. I mean, he's got. He did score thirty two goals this season. He doesn't show any signs of slowing down. But let's be honest, thirty three, thirty four years old. We're not expecting. Are we really expecting him to continue that pace for the next three years, four years? Probably not. So, like you said, everybody else in that team. Right for the most part, it's still a well-constructed team. You trade away a guy like Brad Marsh, and you get a prospect or somebody who's just younger, who's an up-and-coming type of player who could be a role player, so on and so forth. You might be able to actually salvage what they have and 
crack that window open even more. That's true. If you get premium a premium prospect to pair with you know the aging wonder and Patrice Bergeron, right? And David Pasternak, who's still in his prime at this point in his yeah. career, and you have so many other players on that team that can still make an impact. I think that like a Joel Farabee, a Joel Farabee. It's true. Of for course, example. if I found out that Brad Marchand was being traded to Philadelphia and Joel Farabee was the price, I would probably jump from the loft window. I would be upset. Yeah, I'd it would be, be a tough too. one for me to swallow. Yeah, but. You know, um, yeah, dude. I they're extremely well well run organization. They have their finger on the pulse. Um, I, I, you know, obviously talking heads talk about talking head stuff, right? They're going to talk about, well, maybe they should trade this person. Maybe they should do that. Blah 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 blah. They need something to talk about to fill time. We do the same thing. Um, I, I, I don't see them trading Marshan for the sole reason of one, he still has obviously something to give. He scored thirty two goals this year, and he's thirty three years old. And on top of that, Marshan is one of, if not their most marketable player. The captain on that team is Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron is probably my favorite player on that team. Um, I love the two-way forward. I always have. You, it's not a surprise how much I love Sean Couturier. I'm very open about that. But Brad Marchand, when you think of the Boston Bruins right now without Zdeno Chara, you're most likely thinking Brad Marchand. Absolutely. He's their most marketable player. So when it comes to a thing of value as well, that obviously plays a role into what they have. And if he has that value where he's going to sell tickets and he's also scoring 30 goals a season, you know, whatever. He's 34 years old. Who cares? Keep him. So that series now shifts over to Boston, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know what? This series is not over yet. We'll see what happens when they're up in Boston. It's a different place. It's a tough place to play. It is. At TD Garden. And hockey's not like basketball. It's it's a lot. It can sway over either way. For We'll Basket- get into the Sixers later. Basketball doesn't exist. So we move on to the next uh, series that I wanted to quickly <laughs> talk about. I don't yes. have much to say about uh, this one, Colorado and Nashville. I'm just going to go, you know, from you know east to west to east to west. There's not much we to kinda, say about this. Yeah, we kind of knew what was. We know what's happening. Yeah. Taylor Luan doesn't know what's happening. I love that you included this <laughs> because it pissed me off. It pissed, it pissed me off. I like how he blames the Twitter account. That's what. That's why I got angry. Like, why would a Twitter account for the Nashville Predators be so blasé about tweeting the fact that they're up two nothing in Game One against the best team in the NHL? On Taylor, Taylor. What are we talking about here? Would would you would you expect the Tennessee Titans to put out fourteen nothing, just as the score, the if score, it was nothing. you guys scoring those touchdowns? Right, no graphic, nothing. No graphic, just, right? Like, I mean, Nashville was pretty obvious. Yeah, like like for for those who don't know, Nashville literally just tweeted two zero, and then he retweeted and said Nashville with an exclamation point. That's how I that's how I read that Nashville Hockatown, and he and they responded and they said Taylor, we're not winning, and he and and like the ears thing. It's a common mistake. Which was funny. And oftentimes, you 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 know, usually your home team or the team that you're rooting for, they're going to do their score first sometimes. Um, but, you know, when they call them out and they say, hey, dude, we're actually not winning, and it looks embarrassing, fine, whatever. You weren't watching the game. You just saw it on Twitter. Don't double down dude. and then go, well, I really feel misled. Shouldn't you have had it 0-2? Shouldn't you have watched the game, Taylor, yeah, if you're going to comment on it? I Come on, say, man. Here's the other thing. This is another important aspect. Jesus. When you're announcing a score, you Christ. never put the bigger score at the end. You never. Like you would if you, if I sat here and told you about all the scores that happened last night or the other night. New York lost 3 to 4. Uh <laughs> Nashville lost 2 to 7. Uh, the Capitals won 2 to 4. Yeah. You would stop me and go, "What the hell are you doing? Why it, are you it, saying it like that?" It's like trying to read a manga when you've never read one before. Exactly. It's completely backwards and yeah. Yeah. I, it, what is it? A pitch count? Come on, seriously! Like right. two, four. Like what am I? What am I? Am I like on a? My hands are on a driver's uh, yeah. dri- driver's wheel. What are you trucking? So no, right. Taylor Luan, 
just take take your take your L. Take take the, L. Take the fat take L, L and move on. It it's okay. It we still think you're a wonder on Twitter, and Nashville probably yeah. still loves you. Yeah, you're still an all pro offensive lineman. I mean, you're still a beast. It is what it is. Jumping to the next series, Tampa Bay and Toronto. This is gonna be a good series, Cameron. Mm-hmm. We we're already seeing it. Mm-hmm. Toronto got the first punch in early, five nothing. Could have been six nothing, but who really cares? Yeah. And then last night, Tampa Bay reminded Toronto that they are just as talented offensively. And they also happen to have a goaltender, goaltender named Andre Vasilevsky, who might just be the best goalie in all of hockey. They win the goaltending battle in this matchup, for sure. And that's yeah. a problem if you're Toronto. Jack yeah. Campbell is streaky. When he's good, he's really good. We saw him in Philadelphia in person. He shut the Flyers down when yeah. the Flyers weren't 50 shades of terrible yet. Right. But on the other hand, we saw stretches of him this season in Toronto where he could not stop a sponge if it was floating through the ocean. He, right. No way he would have been able to. So this is going to be a tough series for Toronto to pull out. If they pull this series out, I really think Toronto rides a momentum like that all the way to the Cup Finals because I think that they will just they just will feel like a team of destiny to me. Yeah, like I I think the first round is such a big hurdle, hurdle for them, for them. Yeah, of all of all the teams. I, I agree, and and the fact that you're saying it as well, it's against Tampa, which is Tampa, the two time defending champions. Yeah, that would be that would be big. That would be huge. Obviously, I'm rooting for I am rooting for Toronto for multiple reasons. Austin Matthews, love the guy, love the stash. Simmer. Uh, and Simmons, yeah, Wayne Simmons, gotta love him, gotta love him. Also, I just don't, I just don't want to see Tampa win again. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like honestly, any repeat champions that aren't Philadelphia teams, they cheated probably anyway. Right. So I don't really care yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, and plus, Tampa Bay in 2020, if the Flyers had won in 2020, it would have counted like for realsies. But in 2020, that was a Mickey Mouse, you know, yeah. you know, situation. Yeah, and it's so funny how like that Philadelphia at like mindset, right? Sports mindset of like if you already won one, and like you're say you're a team that we don't hate, you won one. After that, burn in hell. Burn in hell. And what's funny is, like, my father, not an Eagles fan, right? Really strictly just a Miami Dolphins fan. He mm-hmm. doesn't really follow any other sports. Has that mindset as well. As soon as the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl. He never like, wanted to see them win again. Like, just, you know, a couple years ago or whatever. He was just like, I'm tired of the Chiefs. I'm like, Dad, they only won one Super Bowl. He's like, that's enough. That's enough. I don't need it. I'm tired. Everyone's talking about him all the time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. Man, if someone said that about the Dolphins, he'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we jump back over to the Western Conference, St. Louis, Minnesota. I was very – I was a little rude in my write-up about this series. I just said, yeah. You were. Th- thanks for you stopping were. by, Minnesota. It was cute. It was adorable. Great regular See, season. It's, it's tied 1-1. I, I, yeah, but guess what? I, it's <laughs> I, over. I don't. Okay. They're not going to win this series. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think that St. Louis is going to win this series. I, I think – I want Minnesota to win. Honestly, when Min- Minnesota is my, my West Coast team as of right now. Um, I understand because I, I like Carroll. Um, I also think that Minnesota is a hockey town. Those people love <laughs> hockey. They deserve something. I mean, come on, Christ. Listen, to, this is what I wrote to Cameron, which you, you, the viewers have to – you guys have to listen to this. I said, Minnesota is adorable for their regular season. Please make way for real NHL teams, however, as St. Louis actually has a history and culture that you could only hope to dream of. <laughs> that is this. so mean. Uh, yes, it is. What was, yeah. what was I on this morning? But no, St. Louis has that th- – St. Louis is that team no one's talking about that is still really well built. It's well coached, and they've been there before. They have. They've been certainly, and they've been counted out before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were the worst. The team time in they won, right? The time they won, they were counted out, and they and they did it. So they have that X factor, that grit, that ready to fight, ready to claw tooth and nail to get to the victory. Uh, and they don't care. They don't care. Kirill Kaprizov, get the fuck out of here. You're a kid. I like how you say that, and you're the, you're like he's your sleeper pick to win the. I I, I the love heart. him. I do love him, but like no, I just they, the the thing is, is St. Louis doesn't give a shit, and that's that's what gives them a big edge, in my opinion. I do so. like St. Louis at least in the series, not in terms of having to play Colorado, but they are one Me of those well. teams that you just never Me know well. about. Yeah. 
Back over to the East. Let's talk about the Rangers and Penguins. The the first multi-overtime game. What an enjoyable ride when your team is in a multi-overtime game. Six hours. And then that's how it ends. It's so... It's so fitting it was against Pittsburgh. And what did I write, Cameron? I said, it's a rite of passage to get screwed over by the Penguins and by the officiating. Deal with it. We all have to. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you. And then I put in the parentheses, let's hang tripping coots. Oh, yeah. Because we, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But no, again, like, you know, I I do feel, you know, I agree with New York Ranger fans. You got screwed over. That's true. You have a right to be upset about that. But at the same time, you can't hold on to it. You can't. You got to move on. it, It happens. But it is upsetting. Like, when you're when you're when you're on the edge of your seat for that long watching a game like that when it's your team, and then they lose, I mean we've I mean Patrick Kane 2010 we know what it's it's devastating. But what's even worse is that it's that two by four wielding son of a bitch Malkin Evgeny Malkin who did it. I hate I I hate seeing him happy. It's I really it, do. I will say this: Pittsburgh has undergone some incredibly tough overtime losses over the last couple of years, namely to the New York Islanders. But this one, the Rangers allowed four goals, yet Igor Shosturkin still has the highest save percentage in the playoffs right now. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. The Rangers, I think, will respond well tonight because it's only 1-0. If that, if that had put them up 2-0, I'd be very worried about the Rangers. Yeah. But I think they have still have a chance. They're still home. Rebound tonight. Get the Series 1-1. Go back to Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh's – it used to be a very scary stadium to go have to play. I don't consider Pittsburgh to be a very tough place to go to anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a tough one for the Rangers. And no, and what we'll they s- got to do, they got to listen to Peter Laviolette. We need one goal. Or it not working? Okay, never mind. Oh, it's because I muted my laptop. We move on. All right, anyway, we move on. We move on. But no, you're right. No, they can't hang on to it. You can't hang on to it. You have to go. And, um... I, I when, when we get to the Florida Panthers and and their series, I, I'll I'll come back to the New York Rangers here. But moving on, absolutely. So we move over to the West one more time. Uh, Calgary and Dallas. This one yep. feels like it's probably. I think most people would agree that Calgary should win this series. Yeah. And no, they should. It's not even a thing of agreement. They should. Dallas did get a win in some small way the other night when mm-hmm. Michael Roffle decided to put the hammer down. He put the hammer down. Again, <laughs> didn't know Michael Roffle could yeah. throw hands like that. I don't think he can. Matthew Kachuk got the takedown technically. Yeah. But who cares? Roffle was just no. playing haymakers. No one really cares about takedowns as much. Like in, in hockey, there's, it's one of those fights where no one like lands punches, then the takedown counts. But if it's if you're getting hammered, if you're getting three to four shots and then you take them down, we all know what it is. You're turtling. Here's the thing, though. I do got to say... I do think Michael Roffle kind of he, he kind of caught him off balance, right? Like when they were grabbing each other, Matt Kachuk was trying to like establish himself the entire time, but Roffle, my voice cracked, just he took advantage of it, put the hammer down. It was that, awesome. That reminds me of uh, who was it that just got hit by Kachuk? He was on the Oilers, and he Zach Kazian. Zach Kazian. He went so crazy. Oh, yeah. He beat the shit out of him. I mean, that was crazy. Just how he was so mad. Oh I, yeah, it was. It was one of those things. You know, the unwritten rule: you're not supposed to punch a guy when they're down. And he didn't care. No, he hammered him. And then what yeah. was it? What did he say after the game? He goes, "Man, I like you know, I scored eight goals this season. So like you know, come at me if you if if you want to." I'm just like, is that a Matt Kachuk average is probably like sixty points a season. He's I don't. Like, I don't think he's he like twenty three years old. He's getting like twenty goals a year yeah. already. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think that's <laughs> that was a weird 
flex. It is. It is. Uh, before anyway. we before we head over to Florida Capitals, I just want to stay yes. in the West real quick. We'll mm-hmm. quick, briefly touch up on Edmonton versus LA. This is the series that not many people are talking about, mainly because I think it's a, not as interesting of a matchup, which is very strange considering that Connor McDavid is featured in this matchup. I think it's one of those things where both teams, no one really is taking them seriously. Like, no one is expecting really the LA Kings to make major waves. It's kind of it's cool that they're back in the playoffs because they've just been in a drought for so long. Uh-huh. But then Edmonton Oilers, like you and I have said, like you wrote in this outline, you're not going to get fooled again. You're not going to put all Win your chips on Win the next four, team. then sweep Calgary, and then I'll be impressed. Exactly. Until you get to the Western Conference Final, I don't want to see anything about Edmonton being the team to beat. Because again, other than like you said, McDavid, Drysital, that they they can't really they don't really have a lot going on. I don't, I don't even know who their starting goalie is right now. Is it? I assume I think it's, it's still Mike Smith, right? Is it Mike Smith? I didn't know if they Which like had that. Brought... There's your problem. Yeah. If Mike's... Sorry, Mike. Yeah. So then let's go over to the surprise so far. The playoffs. Game one happens between Florida and Washington. Uh, Claude Drew puts the Panthers up two to one. Yep. The fans are going wild. Drew even says as much. The fans were going crazy. Mm-hmm. But Washington comes back with three unanswered goals. They win the game four to two. And this is where I think that a discussion should be had about the legitimacy of the threat that is the Florida Panthers. They are a team yeah. that they can score a lot of points. They can beat you in so many ways. But when the playoffs have come around, this team has fallen quite short of their goal. And the point of bringing in Giroux was to bring in that last bit of veteran leadership to put them over the top. Yeah. Not a great showing in game one. No, like he, he again, he led by example. He did. That's what he usually does. But like you said, no, I mean, the the goaltending Bobrovsky had a bounce back here, but he's, he's not, he's not Vesna Bobrovsky. He's not doing what he should be doing. He's not doing what he's being paid to be doing. No. Um, and their defense as well. It's a very offense-centric defense. The entire team is offense-centered. Um, and I, I do got to say, I mean, you got one game without Robert Hag. Everything falls apart. <laughs> so We were Hag truthers at one I'm point just, on this podcast. I'm just saying. But no, like you said about the leadership. I mean, they were talking about, uh, I was reading an interview, excuse me, an article uh, with the Florida Panthers, and they were talking about the locker room after the game, and everyone was in high hopes still. They were not letting it. It's seen again. This could just be PRBS, but everyone from this article, from what they were saying, from the interviews, was saying everyone's like, "Hey, we move on. Game two, let's keep it going. That's it. We don't fucking we, we don't we don't linger on this." And when I go back to the New York Rangers. That's the mentality they need to have going into game two. I as would well. agree. And I think that the Florida Panthers, they've been in this situation before. You know, they can rebound from it. This is still a fairly new Rangers team, so we'll see how they respond from it. But as far as the Panthers go, I'm just – if they do not come out of this series, which there's still a long way to go, people, before we're even at that point, I've got to start calling them the San Jose Sharks of the East. I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't think they're quite there yet because, like, they haven't – gone to the playoffs that frequently and have been that much of a contender yet. But they are on that their way to that. They are on their way to that. I will agree with you there. Um, yeah. No. It's, yeah. So, we uh, we take a quick step aside. From- I, I will say this before we move on, actually. Really quick. Game on the line. 27 seconds left in the go. Who's out there? Alexander Barkov? No. Number 28. Keep hating. His name is Claude Giroux. Keep telling us he can't lead. Keep telling us he couldn't lead here. Because he was out there the last 30 seconds of that game. Not the captain of their team. Our boy. Our boy. Claude Giroux. Sons of bitches. And you know what? <sighs> Long way to go, Claude. I'm not I'm not out on this team yet. So we no. take a quick step aside from hockey. Uh, uh, Do you want to? Do we have to? We really aren't going to spend – I don't even know how much I want to. But we – Let's do it. We're professionals. Let's do it. We'll no, do it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's dive into it. 
You know, when I was driving over here, I thought to myself, you know, we've been doing this podcast going back to 2019. Yeah. And I thought, wow. a lot has changed in 2019. Or since 2019. Right. You know, personal changes with me, personal changes with you. Right. Living situations. Yep. You know what hasn't changed? The 76ers not being able to get out of the second round oh. of the playoffs. <laughs> and people will tell you, well, uh. if they only they had Embiid. And I know how Sixers Twitter is. You know, they're very positive. They're like, you know what? If Embiid was in this series, we, the series would either be tied or we'd be up 2-0. Yeah, but he's not. And I'm just here to tell you one thing. One, that's, yeah, it's not the case. Two, that's not true. The Miami Heat are better, deeper, and better coached than the Philadelphia 76ers. I would have told you that before the Sixers went up 3-0. And now the Sixers have lost four of their last five games in the playoffs. That would mean 4-1. to one. Normally, that means you're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to have to worry too much longer about, you know, keeping up the playoff beard or anything like that. Or Is that know. what that is? It looks good. Yes, it does. You should still it, keep it. I mean, you know, I, I might have to try Don't let the too. Sixers take that away from you. Well, I, I do like to keep it tighter to the skin, but I like to let it grow for the playoffs. And what the Sixers have done to me over the last number of years, last year's team broke me. Here, people, yeah. last year's team really broke me. It was more than the... Simmons pass. It was the blown lead in game four. Yeah. It was the blown lead in game five. And so for me, you can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> you can annoy me, definitely. <laughs> hurt and annoyed are two different things. So no, they I'm, are. I'm yeah. not hurt. Yeah. I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm annoyed that James Harden can't hit a shot. I, I can't, like, I am annoyed by that, but I, I can't even, he's not the full f- force of my anger. No, no, no. The person who gets the full force manager, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, I'm so excited. Tyrese Maxey's struggling a bit in this series, and that's expected. He's, yeah. he's still a second-year Young player. guy. Tobias Harris has shown up these playoffs. Uh, Last night was like his first bad game of the playoffs. Say I can tell what you. you will about the man, but the J. Cole lookalike has been crushing it. I agree. Big, I actually, I'm a big fan of Tobias. Big playoffs. respect to him in this in this playoffs. Absolutely. I, I love to see that he's stepping up. I've always been a fan of his, but I agree with a lot of the criticisms of, of mm-hmm. him not stepping up in big moments. He's been playing extremely well. Very happy to see that. DeAndre Jordan doesn't belong on a basketball court anymore. No. Uh, you Paul, can say that about a lot of the Sixers bad. Danny Green runs like he's got cement brick boots on at all times. And when he's not hitting a three, it's ugly. George Niang is fine. He's a good role player. He is what yeah, he is. Let's what he is. let's let's just dive into it. The man who coaches this team, and I hear it all the time. There's nothing that I can tell you that you haven't already heard about. His name's not Doc Rivers. His name is Glenn Rivers. Right, Get yeah. it. He's not a doctor. There was only one doctor. There was actually only two doctors in this city. Doc yeah. Halliday and Dr. J. Right. For him to be so stubborn continually. For him to say the things that he says to the media, where it's this, I know more than you know, you don't know anything, stop asking me these stupid questions, would you have asked Pop that? I get it. You know, he thinks that he's able to say these things because he's earned the right, because he's got a thousand plus wins. He won a title with a big three, which was handcrafted for him by Danny Ainge. I'm tired of it. This guy... When this team loses the series, and they will lose, they might sneak out a game four win. Yeah, it, the, they're gonna lose yeah. in five. The only the only chance that they would have is they have to win these next two games. But as of right now, you're going into this game, right? Game three, Joel. Hope uh, maybe Embiid plays. If Embiid plays, he he's he's playing his first game back in an elimination game. Let's be honest, it isn't technically, but it is. It is. You lose this game, it's over. No it team has ever over. come back down three zero. That they was won't. the big talk with Toronto. And yeah, with the Sixers, well, come on, stop yeah. it. They're not the Flyers. 
And I just want to make something else clear, like with this team. You shouldn't be hurt by this Sixers team. If I'm being honest for a second, I'm actually going to get a little real with you all. You shouldn't be shocked that they're going to lose this series. You shouldn't be it. angry that they're going to lose this series. This is what we expected. I when Ben Simmons announced he was not, or didn't announce, but it became obvious that he wasn't going to play, we should have known that this wasn't going to win. This wasn't going to be a team that wins a title. You bring in James Harden, not for this year. The whole point was for next year. You're going to load up the roster again. They have no bench. The Depth is terrible. The shooting has not been great. Danny Green can't shoot. DeAndre Jordan doesn't belong on a basketball court. The best backup to Embiid is Paul Reed. And I love how people love Paul Reed. He stinks by any metric you look at. He's not that good. He is fine in the regular season bringing him off the bench. In the playoffs? Are you effing joking? There As in beats number two? This is where the team has to be smart over the offseason. I don't want Bradley Beal on the Sixers. I don't care about adding another star. <laughs> we have the third star. His name is Tyrese Maxey. Get depth. Bring back Andre Drummond. Get some more shooting for the bench. Because if this team goes into another season where the best you can say is they have seven playable players come <laughs> playoff time, we are going to be scratching our heads, pulling whatever hairs left of it out of our heads and wondering why did Daryl Morey not do it? Doc Rivers shouldn't be the coach next year, but don't think for a second that the roster constructed would be a winnable roster for any coach. Nick Nurse, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, I don't care who it is. Doc needs to go, but if you're going to sit there and tell me, well, we get rid of him and we're all we're winning this right. series, stop, <laughs> stop. And Bede's the MVP, and I love the guy, but I don't know how much more of this like injured, injured by the playoffs talk I can take with this guy. I love the guy. He will be here forever. I will Damn. have his jersey. But here's the worst part about all this. Worst part about all this. Jimmy Butler is going to knock the Sixers out of the playoffs. I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I don't know why people in this city seem to hate him, probably because he's just kicking our ass. That's not the worst part. I just wanted to mention that Jimmy Butler is going to knock you out of the playoffs, and I want you to deal with that. Kyle Lowry, who I do not like. Shout out to Villanova. He is going to knock the Sixers out of the playoffs without having even played a game. So their starting point guard is out, and the Sixers can't even lose by 10 points. They can lose by 12 or 16. Take your fucking pick. Right. <laughs> One. Okay, I got a couple things. One, uh, I love when you attack the emotional attachment of other fans. It's fantastic, right? Because it always works out great. But <laughs> number, very, very much number, so, yeah. Number two, something that, that you can't see, listeners at home, um, when Justin, you can tell when he's going to go on one of these fucking rants because he just, he shifts. Like, I shift like, in my seat, it's yeah. Like the, it's like the MLB. You just shift. <laughs> Left-handed batter, boom, here we go. Oh, man, strap in. And, yeah, just let it loose. I do got to say the the only crit I agree with every single thing you just said. I agree with the whole like because I saw a graphic today somebody put up of like you know Bradley Beal in a Sixers jersey with Embiid and Harden, and I just thought like, well, dude, I, honestly, I truly believe the, the the era of the super team is over. I kind of agree with you. The, it might come back. The, it, things come in waves, right? Life comes in waves. It might come back eventually, but as of right now. Miami Heat is a prime example. The, they are a well-constructed team. Go to the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. Are they a star-studded team? They have a great all superstar and then a the, bunch of role players. And what, Drew Holiday, Chris gonna, Middleton, yeah. uh, uh, Deontay DiVincenzo, those guys. Yeah, like I was going to say, like like the number two guy in there is Drew Holiday, who's a great basketball player, but he's not like this... A superstar? Right, exactly. It's not Kobe, uh, D. Wade, and Bosh. It's not... Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Sorry, Doc. Yeah, no, it's not. I, no, you're absolutely correct. The only thing I would, I would, I would, I would point out in your your criticism is is the Embiid injury thing, and I get it. But this thing was a freak accident. 
he gets elbowed in the face. I mean, who, who can expect? Oh, that's another that thing. Happen? A lot of you, a lot of the Sixers fans. Why was Embiid in the game? We were up by twenty-five. You're telling me you haven't seen the Sixers okay. blow a lead like that before? Yes, I'm glad you said. Let this. him play. Let him have his fun. Here's the thing: if Embiid, fuck Pascal Siakam, if Embiid is not in that game at that moment, and all of a sudden that lead goes from twenty-nine to twenty. All those same people are going to be tweeting out their ass saying, Doc sucks. Why is it being not in the game? It needs to be the game. It's a playoff game. What the hell is Doc doing? Nya, nya, nya. Dude, no, there is no way you can predict a freak accident like that where a guy elbows somebody else in the face. Shit happens. It's a contact sport. You would have been bitching if he wasn't in the game regardless. So move on. I just want to point out our audio is just a brick right now. <laughs> it's awesome. It's hot in here, dude. It is hot in here. It's hot. You know, listen, listen. The, the hot takes, are, you know, they're getting to us. Yeah, yeah. But and another aspect is, I just want to point out the the Toronto Raptors color commentator saying to Embiid, you know, this is what you get because yeah. he did a stupid dunk and then an airplane celebration. Which if which you guys don't so... know the reference, which you guys don't know the reference, Game Three, 2018, he did that at home. He did a windmill dunk and then he did the airplane celebration. Embiid likes to do that against Toronto. It's, it's just a thing, dude. Who? Fucking cares. It's a standard celebration. So Pascal Siakam clearly got offended by that because I truly believe. I, really I don't think be- he did it on purpose. I do. I really do. And I don't care that he meant to do it because he got exactly what he wanted. And I normally would agree with you. I would normally tape, you know, maybe taper back my, my emotions on this one. But here's how I know I'm right. My brother Grant thinks with things of only an analytic, you know, analytically driven. He doesn't yeah. let too much emotion get to him. Yeah. I've seen emotional. Like when you know when when uh, Scott Barry threw out Ryan Howard in 2010, there's a reference yeah, for those of you who might yeah. know that reference. But when he, I texted him and said, "Well, if there wasn't any doubt before, this is right when the Embiid injury was announced yeah. that it was over. It's over now." And then all I sent back was, "Fuck Pascal Siakam," and he responds back, "He knew exactly what he was doing. Oh. He got exactly what he wanted." Oh, Grant the lawyer. So Grant wow. the lawyer. Agrees. Wow. Pascal Siakam, you did that intentionally. And quite frankly, that's incredible. I am looking forward to your first game back in Philadelphia, Pascal. Not because things are going to get thrown at you. Not because, and, no. I, and I hope no, nothing, you don't want that, nothing yeah. obscene gets no. yelled at you. But just because that moment that you step on the court and you miss a shot or you get crossed up or Embiid, God forbid, dunks on you. Oh, yeah. You're going to hear from 20,000 people that want nothing more than the streets to run red with your blood. Right. <laughs> now, I'm, uh, now I'm thinking like the Joker. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I'm glad you said the Joker because honestly, that was very pretty much what the Toronto, uh, you know, announcer. He just went full. Yeah. So you know what? Joaquin, Guess what? If know? I if I if I'm wrong for saying that, then the Toronto guy's wrong for calling and beats airplane celebration. He didn't do anything. He didn't make. He didn't stomp on the Canadian flag. No, he didn't no. scream out "Oh Canada!" All he did <laughs> was an airplane. Oh. My God, yeah. the sensitivity of our of our two yeah. nations in America and Canada. It's not like you shadowed Jim Carrey, you know? Come I, on. I, I promise Stop you, though, Canadians, if any of you happen to listen to this, I will never call you guys nice again. That is for darn sure. Uh, I stopped doing that a long time ago. And also the whole, you know, we, we... It's apl- a myth. We applauded our team as they lost, unlike you unruly Philly fans. You guys are bitches then. How dare you? No, no, no. no. The, the whole Canada being nice, it's a myth. It is a it's myth. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. They're mean like us. But look at Toronto. Look at Vancouver, 2011. Oh yeah. Burn the damn city down for Christ's sake, because they lost the goddamn game. Stop it. They did have a 2-0 series lead. I, I, I don't care. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that does. That didn't happen in Philly. It doesn't happen in Philly, right? Because we handle our losses. 
because we know how to do it because we we're drink adults. like normal people. Yes, we did. We drink and we, we go on Twitter and we yell at Doc Rivers. <laughs> we yell, yeah. You know, we go to Little League and we scream at the umpire. And we take it out on him like a yeah, normal way, person. If, if you're, by the way, actually someone who does take it out on the umpire, yeah, fuck, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck off. It's a kid's game, for Christ's sake. Move it really on. is. Get like, a life. But I, I, I got news for you. A, a lot of these parents, and this is how I'm going to wrap up the show. A lot of these parents, they they d- drive their kids around to these baseball games, and they believe and pray that maybe by just chance that their kid from, you know, South Jersey or, you know, little suburban Pennsylvania, maybe by just some miracle could be the next Mike Trout. And I'm here to tell you, your kid sucks. Right. He's not well, going to be the next Mike Trout. He might be, right? One call is not going to change that. Yeah, strike call. So calm down. All right, Christ. <laughs> For the Fly Guys Podcast, this has been Cameron Klein. My name is Justin Goodart. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fly Guys Podcast. And always be sure to check out Cameron Klein. I always enjoy going on your Twitter at Cameron Klein 15. I've been more active recently. I'm actually yeah. having a lot more fun. Yeah, right. have fun with it. Yes. I've been having fun with our Twitter. Uh, be happy, be healthy. And again, a little bit, uh, Sam, a little bit of a light coating when it comes to the dill weed. You know, yep. evenly spread, of course, uh, um, among your cut of salmon. And then a little bit of salt. I go with garlic salt personally because if you go with the right. Here's, there's a reason why. No, I, used to go with, I used to go with garlic powder and then a little bit of salt. You don't even need that. Just go with garlic salt. One. Yeah, yeah, it kills no. two birds with one stone. No, it has a little bit of extra texture too. Ooh. About you know a, a, a small you know piece of butter to put on top. Let it melt. Because what you want to do is you want to get a nice, like not like burnt to a char no, top. No, 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 no. But like a crispy yes. top and then a nice succulent you know inside. You have to make sure that you're not undercooking the salmon because if you eat raw fish, you're in trouble. But you don't want it to be dried out either. So when you get that perfect, you know, still wet, still maybe some butter seeping through the skin, my fair maiden, you have got yourself a good piece of fish. I'm so excited for salmon, dude. I'm a big salmon guy. I'm a big salmon guy, absolutely. I mean, mean, you know me. I love seafood. So Uh, be happy, be healthy, uh, get vaccinated if you can. And as always, let's go Flyers. Enjoy these Stanley Cup playoffs sans Flyers.